Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic. And sore vexed, and oft times he falleth into the fire, and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. The disciples could not cast out this spirit. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked that devil. And he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could it not? Why could not we cast him out? Why couldn't we cast out this demon? Why couldn't we cast out this bad spirit? You know, when we're filled with the Spirit of God, we should be able to cast out demons. Amen. But these disciples could not cast out that demon. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. And I want you to go back and read Mark's account in chapter 9 also. Uh, where Jesus said to the Father, after the Father asked about the disciples uh, casting out that demon. Uh, the, the Father said to Jesus, I believe. I believe. And many of us as Christians, we believe. Yes, we believe. But he said, help thou my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. And the scripture goes on to say, Jesus having this conversation with the disciples. And he says, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith, listen to the scripture. In this account, in the King James Version. It says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. It says, as a grain of mustard seed. Like a grain of mustard seed. You shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove. And nothing shall it be impossible unto you. Amen. Aren't you thankful? that God makes the impossible possible. Some of you are standing here today for that very purpose. Howbeit this kind goeth out, goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. But by prayer, it's been a couple of weeks since we consecrated, but this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. So we, we can't stop praying and fasting in January. Because we might run into a similar situation and we want to be prepared to cast that demon out. I want to preach to you for the next 30 to 40 minutes possibly. The struggle is real. The struggle is real.
come together today, Lord. We pray, Lord, for your word, Lord, to be manifest, Lord, in our spirit, Lord. We pray that you would open up our understanding, Lord. Let Reverend Parks, Lord, pour your word, Lord Jesus, and the demonstration that he's about to give, Lord, to us, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that as the scripture speaks in James, Lord, that we be not just hearers of your word, but also doers. We thank you in the holy name of Jesus Christ. And the congregation said, Amen. Amen. You may, may be seated in this mighty presence of God that we feel in the house today. Hallelujah. The struggle is real. Amen. If we got a house full of people and we do, then there's someone in the house today that is struggling or has struggled or you may have a struggle ahead of you. Even Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh. Just because we live for God does not mean that we're not going to struggle. But when we begin to struggle, we want to know what's going on with us, and we also want to know how to get through it, that struggle. But I, I come to tell you the struggle is real. The struggle is real. We look at, we look into the plant to give us an example of the struggle. When a, a seed is planted, that plant seed is buried beneath the soil. And as that seedling begins to grow, that soil is causing mechanical pressure down on that seedling. While the light is causing the plant to want to push through the soil. In other words, there are opposing forces on the seedling. And these opposing forces have a purpose. As that light is pulling that plant through the soil, and that mechanical pressure is being pressed back down with the soil, that seedling stem is being developed. And not only that, the roots are beginning to spread. As that plant pushes up against the soil, there's pressure. And similar to this plant, our lives have opposing forces. That pressure that's causing strength and development. Uh, uh, when, when there's a struggle in our lives, this struggle leads to strength and development. We don't want to push against the struggle that God may be allowing in our lives. This opposing force causes growth. It causes development. During our times of struggle, the enemy steps in. And he wants to stunt the growth of the saints, Brother DeVal. He wants to stop development in the early infancy stage. But if, if he can't stop that early development in the infancy stage, Brother Duvall, you talked about this in prayer yesterday. The enemy wants, he's looking to find a weak saint. Brother Duvall let us know that yesterday in prayer. We don't need no weak saints. And he reminded us that if you're beyond that infancy stage, now Brother DePaul said this, so I can I can quote him on it. I can quote him on it, but it needed to be said. And that is 
if you're not a baby saint, if you're a mature saint, uh, then you don't need anyone to babysit you uh, because you're grown. You're mature. You're an adult saint. And you're able to take care of yourself. Amen. With the help of God. Amen. But you're going to struggle. I'm telling you that you're going to struggle. And you're going to meet with these opposing forces. And I want to tell you, saints of God, you don't have to be weak. You don't have to be weak. I want to say it this way. You're not weak. You're not weak. Because you have Jesus. You have the power of God living down on the inside. You got the Holy Ghost. And as long as you have the Holy Ghost, you have power to get through your struggle. Paul said it this way. He said in his weakness, God's sufficient grace makes him strong. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. If you have God's grace, you got enough. But I don't want you to be uh, confused about what God's grace is. You know, by grace are we saved through faith. Uh, and it's not because of your works. But we're going to find out today in this message what faith truly is. And, and how do we how does this grace apply? My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. I think what Paul is saying here, I realize who I am alone, and that's weak. But I also realize who I am in Christ, and he makes me strong. He goes on to say, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. The struggle is real. The infirmities are real. The transgressions are real. Yes, brother, follow the sin is real. You're going through a real struggle. But Paul's telling us our weakness is made strong in Christ. In other words, the struggle is real, but the weakness during the struggle is made strong in Jesus Christ. You should call on that name one more time because there's power in that name. You ain't going to make a struggle in that name. But that enemy is seated as soon as he sees that you're struggling. He comes with that opposing force. Psalm 73 and 1 through 3 gives it to us plainly. As we listen to the writer of Psalms, and I think this is a song of Asaph in Psalm 73, he says, Truly God is good to Israel, and he's good to us, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. When you're struggling and you're looking at what somebody else got going on, you might slip a little bit. You, know, you might, the struggle is real. And so when you see somebody else prospering and, and doing well and, and not living the same as you, you might slip a little bit. He went on to say, for I was envious at the foolish. 
when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. My, my. The way that the enemy attempts to work. This psalm is letting us know that the wicked prosper. And if you read the entire psalm, you'll also find that the just perish. The wicked prosper and the just perish. That's in the word of God. We're going to struggle. And the struggle is real. Now, doesn't that make you mad? <laughs> Amen. I mean, now, maybe not you, Sister Joy, but somebody here. Somebody get mad about the wicked prospering. Righteousness and also not let go of the other 
wisdom. You can have both. For the one who fears and worships God with all filled reverence will come forth with both of them. You can have wisdom and righteousness. But that righteousness has to be in God. When we are extremely, when we extremely view our righteousness as how we act, then that righteousness becomes self-serving. It becomes self-affirming. And it becomes self-righteous. Our faith must be fixed on God. Not on the result of our righteousness. That's, that's what we at times are concerned about. Was I righteous enough? Well, nothing bad should have happened to me. Well, something bad happened to me? I must not have been righteous. But the word confirms that our righteousness is as filthy rags. You can't allow the enemy and anyone else, including your friends, to speak negatively about your righteousness during the struggle. The struggle is real. The struggle will not happen. But if you allow your friends to come similar to Joe's friends, they're going to try to convince you that whatever you're struggling through is due to unrighteousness. They said, because you're struggling, Joe, you must be sinning. They said, Joe, we have never seen the righteous cut off. God will never reject a blameless person. Or that you need to put away your iniquity. God wants us to know that no matter the struggle, if he is with us, we can make it. We can make it. I've got some good news for you, saints. Yeah, the struggle is real and you're going through it. But you can make it because Jesus is with you. Proverbs 13 and 22 says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And this, this, is the, uh, this is the end of the matter. This is the outcome. And that is, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for don't, don't look next door to see how big their house is.
nation. We need to have a, a way of defense and put on a shield to keep the enemy out. The fiery darts of the enemy. As we read in our opening scripture in Matthew 17, we see that the father is bringing his son who is possessed by a spirit. The disciples have attempted to cast him out and could not. Jesus examines the disciples' faith. I want to stop there a moment and say, anytime that you go through a struggle, your, your faith is going to be on trial. Anytime you go through a struggle, your faith is on trial. And so here the disciples' faith is on trial. Because as they go through this struggle, they could not cast out this spirit. And Jesus began to talk to them about unbelief and faith. Isn't that something? I love Jesus. You know, Jesus cool. Man, if, if I didn't know any better, I'd think Jesus was from Albany, Georgia. Because of the way that he stepped to people. You know, Nicodemus came to Jesus quietly by night. And, and he said, you must be a teacher come from God. Jesus turned that thing around and said, you need to be born again. <laughs> what part of the conversation is that? Where you get that from? I was talking, I was giving you some accolades and saying how powerful and what type of person you are. And then you just switch up the conversation and say, you need to be born again. Uh, these disciples, they questioned Jesus. Why couldn't we cast him out? You know, what kind of power were we missing? You know, uh, what would you have done? And what does Jesus say? You, you didn't have belief. You didn't believe. He said it was your unbelief. Let me be careful with that. Let me be careful that the disciples did believe similar to the Father. He said, I believe. Just help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Is it possible that at the same time that you believe, you could not be, you could not have faith? You can believe and not have faith? Job 14 and 1 says, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. The struggle is real. You're going to struggle because you were born into this world. Romans 8 and 18, for I reckon. And the writer of Romans must have been from all men too. Because he said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are now worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Your faith is on trial during times of suffering. James 1 and 2 through 4, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You see, as that plant is starting to push through that soil, it, it's being tried. The enemy is trying you. Your, your neighbor is trying you. Your coworker is trying you. Life is trying you. And as your faith is being tried, the scripture says that it leads to patience. But patience, when it has its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. You know, all the looking over at the neighbors, how I was worried about whether they got a, a 550 uh, bins in the yard. 
Look in your own yard. You got everything you need in life. First Peter 1 and 6 through 7 says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. In other words, you're struggling. And the struggle is real. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than gold. Some of y'all got some gold bars underneath your mattress. You know what I'm talking about. That's some precious stuff, right? Gold. But your faith is much more precious. Because gold perishes. Though it be tried in fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ. We want to have faith when Jesus comes. We want to have faith when Jesus comes. That's precious that we have faith. When we're struggling and the struggle is real, our faith is on trial. In Matthew 17 and 19 and 20, then came the disciples to Jesus apart. They came to him quietly too. And said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said in verse 20, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. When I notice this scripture, I notice that it may be possible to have some belief and still not have your faith in God. Contrary to Webster's Dictionary that makes belief and faith synonymous. And we notice that through uh, compromise and uh, tolerance and uh, modernization of our current world and culture that uh, everything is a belief or faith. Amen. But I can't make my faith synonymous with what the world calls faith or what the world calls belief. And so although these disciples believed, they didn't have faith. The encyclopedia of religion provides an understanding of faith as the giving of oneself to be controlled and remade by what commands trust and devotion. In this case, the one who commands trust and devotion is God. And so if we're going to be faithful, then our faith has to be in God. It's possible to believe in God and not trust him enough to do what he wants us to do and submit to his will. I consider that belief and faith are like birds and cardinals. I used to be pretty good at math, so I like proportions. A Bird is to a cardinal as belief is to faith. All birds are cardinals. Some birds are blue jays. And all belief ain't faith. Amen. All birds are not cardinals and all belief is not faith. Faith causes one to step out into the unknown and realize that when you Faith. You didn't know what was there. You 
just stepped out. That's pain. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You don't see what you're stepping out on when you step out on faith. But now you can believe in anything. You can believe that your team, you can believe in your team, and they can still lose. You can believe in just about anything. But if you're going to put your faith in something, you better put your faith in God. She prayed. I went in and talked to him. And you know what gave him peace? Is at the same time that this was going on with him, I, I explained to him the character of God. That before this ever happened, God was there. And guess what? See, this, this is what we need to know about God. He's still there. See, any limitation is on us. But for God, he's omnipresent. He's in the past, the present, and the future. Son, you don't have anything to worry about. I know it was a struggle for that to be in your head. But I'm telling you, you can go to sleep. Because before that ever even happened, God was there. God's still there. And he's here, and he's in the future. See, I'm, I'm a counselor. So, many of these things that I talk about, they have to do with faith. You know, I personally understand the culture of the world at the same time. I understand cognitions and how to change thinking. When we change thinking, that it can change behavior. I know this. I, I, I study it. I, I, I know how it works. I understand the pathways in the brain called neuroplasticity. That when you change something or a way of doing things or you tell somebody something or learn to play an instrument like the bass guitar, Brother Duvall, that those neural pathways are changed from what they used to be and now change has happened in the brain, both physically and physiologically. I also understand scientific research and how research supports these themes that I'm, I'm bringing up right now. But I want to tell you, in a world that assumes that the physical and the psychological are the same as the spiritual, we must be careful. We got to be careful in a world like this. Why? Because if we're not careful, we're going to begin to believe something that's almost true. Almost true. See, the physical and psychological are not the same as the spiritual. You can believe and still not have faith. And you see, faith doesn't have, if I step out here, and I, Lord, I want it to happen so bad. But if I trip over and fall, y'all can probably laugh instead of believe. 
Amen. Amen. That can only be done through faith. Jesus is. If you want to have faith, 
be where Jesus is. If you want to get through your struggles, be where Jesus is. Everywhere that we saw a struggle in the Bible, where God was, they were able to make it through that struggle. I don't understand what was going on with the disciples on the boat. I'm thinking if I'm on the boat, Jesus on the boat, we ain't dying. Jesus on the boat. You know? And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, but he was very rich. He did not give up his stuff and follow Jesus. Not because he didn't believe, but because he didn't have faith. He was not able to do what was asked of him, and he was not able to submit his own will. He said, give it up. Take up your cross. Follow me. Come with me. But in order for you to come, you got to leave some stuff behind. If you're, if you're going to be faithful, uh, you're going to have to leave your self-will behind. If you're going to be faithful, you're going to even have to change the way that you believe. There's some things that you can believe in and then not be faithful. Amen. Jesus is challenging us to be faithful. The enemy wants to captivate our hearts with the things of this world. As I said earlier, believers must be careful not to be caught up in accommodation, assimilation, and tolerance. We must be careful as believers. And I'm going to begin to close here. 1 John 2 and 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away. That, that's probably something that it is possibly uh, needs to be most emphasized in this message. You know, as we're envying and there's something that's holding us back like this rich ruler, I want to tell you that all of it's going to go away. It's going to go away. And because we know that it passes away, maybe that can get us from this point to heaven. Maybe that can get us from here to there. Just give us enough faith to be able to make it. And I, I'm preaching a message to someone that's struggling. There, there's a saint in here that's struggling. And I'm here to tell you the struggle is real. That struggle is real. It, you know, as much as someone uh, that loves you, wants to encourage you, and, and encouraging people can be the most discouraging. They can be the most discouraging. They trying. But I want to give, you know what, while I have you all here, let me give you a little bit of advice. Sometimes a person just wants you to listen. Sometimes they just want you to listen. When they're struggling, just be there to listen. You know, what you have on the inside of you is enough. It, because you have the power of God on the inside, just sit and listen. But man, when you start giving advice like you're going to make it, uh, you, you need to get over it, you know, that type of stuff, man, that's, that's painful. It made the struggle even more real than what it was before they met you. It's almost like uh, uh, elephants, you know, Bill Dad, you know. <laughs> are you are you my friend and you're trying to encourage me? 
I, I think Brother Duvall said it this way, with friends like that, you don't need enemies. Amen. Amen. You see, in the, in the scripture, we find that with these disciples, they had some unbelief. And because of that unbelief, they were not able to cast out that, that, uh, that spirit. I want to tell you that the way to, to, to overcome your struggle is through faith. Unbelief is a lack of spiritual ability. Unbelief is a lack of spiritual ability for something to be done. Jesus went on to describe how faith works by saying, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. I wish that they could just play the music. Y'all will know I'm, I'm almost done with the music. <laughs> Uh, this uh, faith as a grain of mustard seed. See that? Hey, like <laughs> as a grain of mustard seed. The scripture is not describing faith as the size of a grain of mustard seed. As a mustard seed. See, faith in God is something that must grow and develop. You know, a seed, when you plant it, it grows and develops. In 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3, Paul says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds together toward each other. Muscles grow and develop. Back when I used to hit the gym very regularly, uh, I could, I'd see those muscles grow and develop. Uh, but I still, I had to do the work. I had to have the right nutrition. I had to go to the gym and work out. And see, faith grows the same way. If you would, stand with me. What was the reason that these disciples couldn't cast out their spirit? Because of their unbelief. Because they didn't have faith. And Jesus connected something else with it. He gave them a formula. He said, these only go out by what? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. See, fasting disconnects it. You remember I talked about what the world wants and how the enemy attempts to make extremes in our lives to pull us out of the presence of, of God? Fasting has a purpose, and it disconnects us from the world and the world's sources that stunt our spiritual growth. You know, you're not going to grow spiritually in the world. There's nothing about the world that helps us grow spiritually. It, it stunts our growth. And prayer, so fasting and prayer together connects us with, with God. And this causes us to have spiritual growth. And from this message today, we found that there's a possibility that we believe. I'm, I'm standing in front of a house full of saints. People that believe in the power of Jesus Christ. People that understand Acts 2 and 38. People that know their word. 
and speak it in prayer and, and throughout the week in their lives. But I'm here to tell you, you have to have faith. Are you, are you willing to have faith in a God that can make the impossible possible? We began to have an altar call here, and I know my preaching style is a little bit different uh, as far as my call. I feel like it's a choice. And that's what I'll speak to you, that now you have a choice. If there was some point that faith was lacking due to unbelief, if there was some point that faith even needed to be increased, faith doesn't mean that you know what the end's gonna look like every time, but you know you're standing in the will of God. That's where you wanna be faithful. Maybe you wanna approach and say, God, I wanna be faithful. I don't know what you have for me, but one thing I do know that the struggle is real and it showed up in my life and I wanna get through that struggle. There's someone struggling right now, you can come. Come into the presence of an almighty God, an all-powerful Jesus Christ. The one that has all power in his hand. Able to make what seems to be impossible in your life possible today. If it's possible, similar to what Saul did, maybe you and I, we need to renew our contract of faith with God. Maybe we need a renewal of the contract. See, Saul broke the contract with, with God when he put something in the place of God in his life. He went to calling on a spirit outside of God to make something happen in his life and it separated him from God. Maybe you need to just have a renewal of your contract. Come now, come now and, and allow that breach to be repaired in your faith. God's faithful. Everywhere we see in the Bible that there was a struggle. Faith was put on trial. And maybe that struggle you're going through right now is due to the fact that God is trying to test your faith. He's trying to see where you are faithfully. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? The enemy going to continue to do what he's doing. He's trying to separate you from God. Amen. Come now. Come now. The Lord, allow the Lord to renew that contract of faith. Hallelujah. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you're not familiar who Jesus is. You know, there's a surface level faith that we're able to put on on Sundays. And we struggle so much more when we leave and it's Monday through Saturday. We don't want to leave here with a surface level belief. But we want to have a deep rooted faith that begins to grow. And the scripture says about the mustard seed that it grows into a tree where all the birds can come in and nest. Don't you want to have that type of faith? Don't you want to have your faith renewed in Christ in that way? Where there's nothing that's impossible for God. He's living. He's on the inside of you.
we want to keep Pastor in prayer, and I'm going to pray also for Pastor and his family as his mother has a procedure this week, and his pastor's on the road. We want to keep him lifted up as he travels. It's cool weather out there, um, rain and possibly some icing over and things such as that, but we want to make sure that he's covered with the saint, prayers of the saints. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, for the word, Lord, that you have given us today, Lord Jesus, to fight, Lord, the fight, Lord Jesus, with faith, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. I know, Lord, that many times, Lord, we have faith for others, Lord, for you to do the miraculous around them, in them, and through them. But I want to have faith for my own life, Lord, as I encourage and strengthen others, Lord, that you continue to build real, true faith in me, Lord. Not faith that I would have in the material things of this world. Faith that I would go home and my house would still be there. Faith when I get my car that it would start. But I want faith, Lord, that if I need a mountain to move, Lord Jesus, I can do it, Lord, with my prayers and with the word, Lord Jesus. With the power that you have given me in the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus. The power, Lord, hallelujah, to move things in prayer, Lord, to strengthen others, Lord, to make the miraculous happen, Lord. And as we do this, Lord, we want to pray, Lord, for the protection of our pastor, our first lady, Lord. We want to pray for pastor's mother, Lord, as she goes into a procedure, Lord. We pray, Lord, for the doctors, Lord, for the nurses, Lord, even for the administrators, for the insurance, Lord. We want to pray, Lord, with power, Lord, that you would bring them through, Lord, and bring them out, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We want to pray, Lord, for the anointing, Lord, on their hands, Lord, whether the doctor knows you or not, Lord. You have power, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord, for you to move, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord, today, Lord Jesus, that somebody, Lord, would realize the power that they have in their mouth when the words go up in praise, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, let us just move things, Lord. Hallelujah. As we move it, Lord, with the faith that we have, Lord. We give honor, we give praise, Lord, as we pray, Lord, for this offering as we give, Lord, with a cheerful heart, Lord Jesus, that, that you continue to bless us. We continue to bless this local assembly, Lord. We honor you, Lord, we praise you, we lift you up, and we give thanks for a good word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah. Just continue to pray. Hallelujah, the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah, this is a residual Amen. 